Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. This is another show from the St. Paul Ice Show. Today we want to talk about making your own fish house and doing it with a budget. So, Randon Olson is with us from Lockjaw Guide Service. Randon, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm enjoying this one. This will be a fun one. Yeah, we had you on talking tip-ups not too long ago. What we want to talk about today, though, there's a lot of folks out there that would like to get into hardhouse angling, would like to fish kind of like what we are right now. We're sitting in a, in a fish house at the show, but they want to be somewhere warm and somewhere they can get all their stuff set up, but maybe they don't have the budget to buy something like this. You've built a couple nice low-budget houses, so today we're talking how to build a fish house for under $2,000, and it's something that you've just done not too long ago. Tell us about the project that you just wrapped up. So it's called the Fin Shed. Uh, it's an 8 by 12 um, it's on wheels. We ended up adding a frame underneath it, just more ease of use, but it was originally meant to be a, a skid house. Um, ten holes in it, spear hole in it, two bunks, heater, everything's off 12 volt battery, you got generator plug in on the outside if you have one. It's really a, it's a nice comfortable house. Yeah, so pretty good size house, 8 by 12 that's really almost big. I know a lot of these uh, new wheel houses coming out are long, but that's a pretty wide house. How'd you guys come up with that dimension? Why'd you decide to make it that size? Ease of use. Uh, sheets of plywood are four by eight. So we, we why, why cut ourselves a foot off? And, and I should note that it's not legal to go down the road. It's, it is too wide with the wheels on. Skids, it's just fine. Loads mm-hmm. on the trailer and everything. But if you do decide to add the wheels on later, it, it is a little too wide. Sure. I'm going to actually build one this year. Mine's going to be about six foot wide, just so I can put it on a trailer, get it up and down the road if I want to move it. I don't live on a lake, so I want to be able to put it out somewhere and leave it out there for the season and be able to bring it back at the end of the year. So, um, you know, 8 by 12 is pretty wide. But for guys who maybe live on the lake and want to use the house as something like a summering type of little cabin next to the shore or something, that would work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So tell me about kind of how the uh, idea and how you started you said you started the skid house started making it as a skid house how do you get started on the on the bottom of that setting up the frame for it so i'm not an expert by any means in all this this was a lot of trial and error and and we learned things along the way that will benefit us in the future but we started off with a good solid floor you know when you got a skid house you're, you're pulling on the skids but the floor is what's supporting the entire fish house basically um, so, and I overbuilt the floor, our floor, and that one's green treated two by fours. They won't rot out. It's great. You know, it doesn't sag, doesn't dip, nothing like that. But, um, we ended up putting three quarter inch plywood on top of that, which made it extremely heavy. So my first advice there would be cut down to two by threes and go to half inch plywood. That'll save you a lot of weight. Um, that floor was hard to move by myself. Yeah. It's, that's a lot of weight with the three quarter plywood, yeah. two by four and green treated as always heavier how did you design what did you decide i know you went to wheels but when you're going to do it skid house style what were you, were you going to do with the skids so the skids we were going to do were going to be six by sixes along the outside edge um, and they were anchored through the actual walls not just to the base of the floor so that gave it a little more strength um, one thing with skids you got to be aware of is when you're pulling the skids want to tip in 
So you need something in between, at least on the side that you're pulling the skids on. Something like a metal bar. Um, you can drill a hole through the skids and run an iron pipe through it. Put your chains off of that, that'll work good. Or you can just, you know, run supports in between the, the skids. Probably three of them, one front, one in the middle, one in the back. So, so you're thinking iron pipe would be good because it's not going to hang up in the snow. Yep. But it'll give you that solid rigidity that you want between those, those skids. Yeah, kind of transfer that weight instead of pulling from the skids to tipping in it'll transfer that pullness to to the bar and kind of keep it going straight so awesome so we've got our base set up what are you doing for walls walls on this house we did two by threes if i were to do it again i would do two by twos um, i would add some kind of a, a fabric stripping like they used it to, to strap pallets down um, put that kind of crossways on the walls that'll stiffen them up but uh, we did two by threes that worked really well. They're real sturdy walls, especially once you put the paneling on and the outside stuff on that they're solid as a rock. And, and we did the same thing for the roof. So, so we kind of went the easy route with the walls and the roof. They're basic setup, 16 on center. We did our, we had two windows in it and a door. That's it for outside penetration stuff. Um, slant roof, which works really well um, we were a little skeptical at first. There's a, there's about a foot drop from one side to the other, but it works really well. The snow comes off of it well. Yep. Yeah. Um, we didn't get fancy with colors. Colors might have a play in that. You know, black, dark colors heat up faster. Um, ours is just a steel color. Mm -hmm. Works pretty well though. It's. You put the you put steel siding on the outside. I did exterior. put steel siding. So what are some of the benefits of using a steel siding? Steel siding is it is heavy. Um, if you're looking at weight alone, there's other routes, but steel's pretty cheap. Doesn't rot out on you. Doesn't go bad. You know you can ding it and bend it up. You can back into a truck if you want, and and you'll, you'll dent it, but you're not going to hurt it. Yeah. Really, you know. So so that was a big reason we went with that. Just kind of the stability of it. And, and one of the things I think people are a little bit afraid of that having to cut it. How do you work with that steel when you got to cut it? I did HVAC for a long time, so I was used to cutting tin all the time, you know, with snips and stuff. But but there's a lot of techniques out there. Um, one of the easiest ones to do if you got earplugs is just take a sawzall. Sawzall will, will cut really good or a circular saw and just flip the blade backwards. So the teeth are facing backwards and that'll cut that steel like butter. Interesting. It's very loud. So <laughs> need, the, need those earplugs. <laughs> yes, sir. How did you insulate it? We used, uh, so we had two by three walls and then I used two inch uh, polystyrene, the white insulation. Um, I was able to get it all cut pretty tight and fit in there. And I wanted a little air gap. So that's, we had that extra half an inch air gap in there. Um, that was just to get a little bit, you get a little extra insulation with just having an air gap in there. So, so before the siding went on, we put plastic around it, um, pushed the insulation up, and then we had that air gap in there. And then when I got all done insulating, I went around with some great foam. Just any kind of spots where the insulation might have broke the corner or anything like that, filled those gaps in. So you did the gaps in between the studs with the great foam, but you're saying should be a gap between the sheeting and, the, and that foam? Yep, yep. And that little air gap, it's, it's no, you know, when they used to haul ice back in the 1800s, they'd, they'd put the ice in the basement and then they'd have a crawl space. Mm -hmm. And that air gap is what kept that ice from just melting instantly. So um, that can play in a big factor when it comes to heating the place. How about the interior walls? So the interior walls... I didn't put any plastic on them, but I did use just a quarter inch 
uh, paneling on the top six feet, five feet, six feet. No, not even that. Four feet. I'm sorry, four feet. Um, we just did, we just laid that down and then put strips of pine, you know, one inch pine across the studs and kind of hold that pine, that paneling in place. Um, one thing we did that turned out to be really cool is we put tin on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's a very light gauge tin. Um, I think there was 20 pieces of it in that house and the whole 20 pieces maybe weighed 12 pounds. Very lightweight stuff, but we just screwed that in and that's the first three feet from the floor up. And uh, I was a little skeptical at first, but once we started actually fishing out of the thing, it was a lifesaver. It's it's really neat to have it on there. Yeah, it looks great. It's kind of that corrugated steel look yep. is what it looks like, and it goes up. Do you have any issues with, with sweating with that stuff? Uh, we haven't yet. Um, the, the house, because we made it airtight, you got to have some ventilation. You mm-hmm. know, we don't have a vented heater out there. So, so what we did is put little three-inch vents in the house, one on each end. Um, you can close them off. But with those vents, you're able to move things around enough, and that house will heat up fairly quickly. Um, you don't need to turn your heater on high, you know. If you turn your heater on high, you probably will get a little condensation. Sure. If you warm it up nice and easy, it only takes a couple minutes longer. We haven't had too much condensation off of that steel. So. And when we were talking about your house yesterday, I was talking about that steel and just how cool it looked, but you said there's actually an added benefit to it. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that. So the added benefit was, I didn't foresee it, but the guy I built the fish house kind of did. Um, when you're using your Vexlar at night, a lot of guys, trophy hunters especially, guys are looking for real big fish. They shut all the lights off, and uh, they want to make it look like it's outside. But one advantage with the tin was having your Vexlar on, the glow from your Vexlar would reflect off of that metal. And you could, you could walk around the house and know where you're going, not mm-hmm. going to step on anything. So you had enough light, kind of like a night light in a little kid's room. Yeah. It looked really neat. Candles, a candle lights that thing up like crazy with that tin on the bottom. Yeah, super sharp looking too. Yeah, yeah. What did you do for flooring? We talked about the base and how you set it up, but what are you actually putting your feet on? Flooring, we went with the rubber coin style flooring. Um, that, that stuff is... I will put that in every fish house I have from now on because that stuff's been amazing. Um, it's a good thick rubber, holds up really well, you can't ding it up too much. Um, and one thing we did with the flooring at the door is we did not put any kind of a rise at the door. So, so at the door it's flat going out of the fish house. Um, that is a huge advantage when it comes time to brush slush out of the fish house, brush dust and stuff like that, sweep it right out the door. No dust pans, no nothing, no mess. So, um, and then the rubber floor is really nice. It's easy to keep clean. Wipe it up with a towel. We got a rug in there that soaks up a lot of the moisture when you're walking in and out. So, awesome. How about how many holes do you have? In it? We have ten. And how'd you determine where those holes are going to be? So we put ten holes in, about as close together as we could get, and the ten holes go up and down each side. Um, the reason we went with ten. Is, is this house is is meant to be walleye slash panfish and for anybody that's fished panfish in the winter they can move around a lot so the theory behind this is, is that when we set up on those mud flats we can follow that school around the house you can hop hold a hold a hold a hold a hold um, if you fish panfish you know you can, a guy could be five feet away and not catch nothing and the one guy five feet the other way is catching fish so that's kind of the, the theory behind the ten holes in there so um, there is a spear house in the back, which has been a sight fishing hole, um, and that's been really cool. Awesome. How do you use it? 
Use a spear house? No, how do you, how do you use your fish house? Uh, how do you use this fish house? Kind of what are your, your favorite parts of it? What do you enjoy about it? I love the fact that it, it is still a fish house. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with all the fish houses today that have all the amenities of home in it. They're great. And they're great to bring the family and enjoy weekends and stuff out. But when we built the fin shed, we wanted it to be a fish house. That's what it was meant for, to fish out of and catch fish. So, you know, it's a wide open floor plan with two bunks in the back that cover the spear hole. So at any point in there, you've got the, the seating, you can run rattle reels and all that stuff, but you can also actively jig, move that fish house around fairly easy, um, and then you just catch fish out of it. We want the thing to stink like fish. <laughs> When you guys are out there, what are you using for heat? You said that you don't really have anything set up. What are you using for heat then? Buddy heaters have been the best thing to heat that with. Okay. Uh, originally, we had one of those hang-on-the-wall ventless heaters, um, and that worked great, but it was actually too hot. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't get it low enough. You ended up shutting it off a lot. So um, the, buddy, the, the small buddy heater has been phenomenal in there, and we hang that on the wall. And we've got a small 12-volt fan that, that's above it. We can push that heat down to the floor, and that's worked pretty well. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to get into next is what are you using for electrical system? All 12-volt. The whole house is 12-volt. Um, there is a 110 light in there, and there's a couple outlets inside, and there's a generator plug-in on the outside. Um, but mainly we're using the 12-volt system. Um, and with, with LED lights nowadays, I mean, they're dirt cheap. And you can run a battery forever off, you know, run those LEDs forever off those. So we've got two lights in there. Um, we really only use one. Those things are so bright, lights mm -hmm. the whole thing up. Um, there is a radio in there. It never gets used. Just like in a boat. I don't know. I'm right. not a radio guy when I'm fishing. I like nature, I guess, you know. So a um, couple charging outlets. There, oh, there's one charging outlet in there. And then the fan. And the fan's probably the biggest use of the battery in the whole fish house. How often do you gotta do something with that battery? About every three days. Every three days. Yep, so and it's a it's a marine battery, mm -hmm. series twenty seven, so it's not a giant or anything like that. But about three days, and I'll take it home and charge it. I haven't actually ran it dead. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take the chance. Sure. The other thing about building, and again, what I think is so cool about this is, you guys built this house that's incredibly fishable. It's got everything you want in it. And it didn't cost you a lot of money to do it. No. We, all said and done, you know, minus some a couple of the rattle reels and uh, a couple of the amenities we've put in it lately, um, all said and done to be fishing out of the thing, I think we were into it for $1,800. Yeah, so under $2,000 yeah. you guys are out on the water with these things. And yeah. there's so much, so many resources online where you can kind of see how things are done and if you're worried about it. I mean, I just looked up some information on how to make a garden shed and, and really that's essentially what you're making. Obviously, you got to beef it up, especially at, on the lower level, but as far as framing up a roof and things like that, I was a little bit unsure on how to do that just because that's not my background, but uh, it, it's pretty simple to do. It Once you start, you'll kind of, it starts clicking, mm -hmm. you know? You just start thinking about things a little advanced, like the roof has got to sit on top of the floor and the walls have to hold all this stuff up and and uh, even if you put like when you when we put first put our walls up they were sturdy but they moved mm -hmm. like, oh, I got worried kind of you know but put the steel on you can't budge that house you can't move the walls can't do nothing awesome. so um, just it's trial and error you know we got Google nowadays and all that stuff so um, 
we I, I did spend a good amount of time looking between like Menards, Home Depot, those places that will have lumber sales. Mm -hmm. You know, that definitely saved us a little bit, but we still probably would have been under two grand. What's your best advice for somebody who wants to build one? Take your time, draw it out in paper uh, for sure, kind of know what you want to do with it, and then design around that. You know, if you're looking for the amenities house with the, the, the fridge and stove and all that stuff, you got to kind of factor that in. Mm -hmm. um, if you just want a fish house, plan it as a fish house. Sure. You know, you do it as like you, what you want to use it for. So, is there anything that you do different? If I was going to do it different, I'd. I'd take the, the beefing up that I did down one more level. Mm -hmm. um, when we got done, it's definitely strong enough. It's going to last a long time, um, and it's not a pain in the butt by any means, but I would have I dropped it down a little bit, save a little of the weight more than anything. Sure. Well, Randon, thanks for coming on the show. If people want to learn more about you and Lockjaw, how do they find you? simplest way is to call me at 218-640-0158 or you can check out my website at lockjawfishing.com or find me on facebook awesome randon olson from lockjaw guide service thanks for coming on thanks for kind of giving us some insight for, i mean there's a lot of people that like to get into this hard house stuff but it just seems you know the money's a big obstacle to do something like this costs a lot of money and uh maybe get their feet wet and get started in it for a lower price and who knows where the future might bring so i appreciate you coming on and sharing your insight with building your house oh thanks for having me it was a lot of fun Thanks for joining the show today. We appreciate you listening and can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.